thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damian Kristoff. And this is the Wellness Guy Show, weekly show dedicated to bringing walls into our lives. Damien, you, me, Brett, no show again today. No, just joking. He's, uh, <laughs> this was a last-minute interview. Uh, we actually scheduled, Damien gave us a call uh, yesterday, texted us and said, can you do this uh, interview because we have someone special on today. So uh, Brett, unfortunately, couldn't make it today. But we got Damien, myself. I'm really excited about this one, Damien. I don't know about you. I'm pumped. It's, uh, Damien told me about this guy, uh, this gentleman, and uh, just because he's got a fabulous last name. And uh, <laughs> we have Guy Lawrence here. Uh, he's a speaker, coach, and co-founder of 180 Nutrition, he's, which is an online health and wellness company bringing wellness to millions. Uh, he worked as a fitness trainer for many years in the state of uh, state of art, state of art, state of the art gym at the University <laughs> of Technology, Sydney. Um, Guy got involved in a charity that was helping people with chronic diseases, improving their health and diet and exercise. Um, but I don't want to spoil the, the ending of this story because we're going to start off by by talking about that. Um, but he's really dedicated uh, to you know turning lives around, and uh, 180 Nutrition uh, has now reached and helped over 50,000 Australians each week incredible, uh, with their online articles and, po- and popular podcasts, 180 Nutrition, The Health Session. So welcome to the show, Guy Lawrence. Guys, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, look, I just have to say as well, and congratulate you guys on, you know, doing such a fantastic podcast in Australia. I, you know, it comes up every week, you know, in the top of the charts constantly, and you've been putting out great content for years. So I'm truly uh, privileged to be invited on today and, and be a part of that. It's awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for saying thanks, that. I really appreciate that. Um, it's just great to have fellow podcasters because then it just becomes a conversation for the next half an hour. So yeah. it's really cool. Right. Well, look, guy, I, I heard that you have an amazing story um, in terms of how you got started. So let's let like, how did you get involved in starting a nutritional company that is launched, you know, in the US and Dubai and the UK? You know, like what's happening? How did you get there? Yeah, it, it still blows my mind today because I, I never set out to do any of this. That's the the irony of it all. You know, I've always been passionate about health and fitness, and uh, and people might hear from my accent. I'm actually a product from Wales, and I you know grew up playing rugby, drinking beer, and uh, that's how you proved your manhood. You know, for the first sort of 21 years of your life, and and it never really kind of set. so I was always an unsettled soul. So I ended up emigrating to uh, Australia about 11 years ago. And I really wanted to sort of focus my time and, and it was a way of like just starting again and and get into the health and fitness industry. So, I, you know, I studied, I became a fitness trainer and I was working in the university, the UTS uh, in Sydney. Um, and it was an awesome place to be and it gave me some great opportunities. And but interestingly enough, at the time, I found that I wasn't really I was struggling with what I was actually being taught, especially around the nutritional areas, the food pyramid and what was going on. Because, you know, you, we were training some pretty some pretty great athletes, especially ones that were coming in on scholarships and even trying to get into the Olympics and stuff like that. But, you know, there was a whole thing around carb loading and, you know, but then they were eating certain foods and they were getting gut complaints and so forth. And, and even in my own life, I wasn't fully satisfied, but that's how it was. Because you got to remember eight, nine years ago, nobody was saying paleo, nobody was saying cut out sugar, um low fat was the the end thing and it was really frustrating and so while i started looking into it a good friend of mine um at the time was saying uh, who lived in queensland was like guy you've you've got to check out this uh this charity that uh we're helping people with chronic disease and 
that was so far removed from my world at the time. It's not funny, you know. And and I remember thinking, well, that's got nothing to do with me. I, 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 it's not really where I'm sort of evolved. I'm working with all these sort of youngsters, and and anyways, like, but you got to check it out because they're actually um, using weight training and a very sort of holistic approach to helping people, and it's mainly people with cancer, and they're getting some interesting results. So I kind of sat in it for a few months and. Um, and then I started checking out a few uh, audios that they actually sent down to me because they were, and I started sort of delving into this this world a little bit more, and it really opened up my eyes. And they were talking about um, increasing one's fat in the diet, you know, even ketogenic diets, which were really foreign to me at the time. And I was thinking, wow, this is just interesting. So I asked if I could uh, come up, and they invited me up, and I and I flew up there for a weekend. So. And and all of a sudden, I was sort of dropped into this completely different world. And uh, and I remember there was about thirty or forty people up there for this weekend. They all had cancer, and then there were there were practitioners up there as well. And I kind of sat in on like this seminar. And the first person I sat next to was a a, a lady um, who was actually become a friend of mine, but she, she was diagnosed with a four inch brain tumor. And it really put my life into perspective as well at the time. I think, my God, and uh, like a huge amount of gratitude for where I was with how I was. And, I, you know, seeing these people in this way was was a big eye-opener and it was quite moving uh, because that was the first time in my life I actually stopped thinking about myself for once, you know. And and this lady had been um, diagnosed with a brain tumor and she was told uh, she had about three to four months to live. And when I met her, that was 12 months later, she'd still been on this protocol and it was keeping her alive. And that just blew me away because I'd never really sort of looked at this kind of realm before and and started to delve into that world. So as I as I started investigating more, they were talking more about um, a high fat diet, uh, actually removing processed foods uh, and processed carbohydrates and they had a few strategies that they were starting to implement at the time and it just it just blew my mind and not all the cases were rosy and I'm not, not, not saying everyone you know had a fairy tale ending or anything like that but it it started to really highlight to me at the time uh, nutrition have we actually got it wrong which I think you know is now coming out in the mainstream media today and also uh, the power of uh, weight training and exercise that was all incorporated into actually help people um, improve and, and sort of reverse some of the chronic illnesses that they had you know so they were working in conjunction with um, medical staff as well and I remember coming back to Sydney after kind of being exposed for this for the first time and I just saw everything in a completely different light you know I remember sitting in a cafe on my own going oh my god and I was watching what people were eating and doing and thinking you know something's something's got to change so that's where it all all kind of started really and uh, yeah, it's an amazing story. It's uh, it's uh, we always find that people uh, in the natural health field, whether it be um, you know naturopathy, chiropractic, even osteopathy, uh, personal trainers, they tend to start their journey uh, with some kind of personal experience. But usually, it's of their own, like it's an experience that's affected them, you know, their person, their their own body. But you've actually seen firsthand the impact of a change in nutrition um, with people who are very unwell um, in an environment, and that really affected you. And so you've obviously got some kind of deep connection to uh, to other people, and to and then a, a will and a desire to, to help people. Has that always been? Well, I suppose when you uh, from that point, has that been your modus operandi to try and help as many people as you possibly can? Because your message appears to be that way. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I've always been a 
kind of people person like even at the university when I was working I was taking group classes I was doing one-on-ones with people I was doing even going into the um the staff um different departments of the university and giving lectures on what I'd learned through exercise and nutrition and inspiring and I just love that's who I am it just comes very organically to me and then once I sort of found out that I then even started working with one of my best mate's fathers who was diagnosed with uh, with cancer at the time and, and it was like right let's get him in we can get him weight training let's try and put some weight on him let's look at his, his nutrition and things like that and it, and it started to grow organically but at the same time the more I was learning the more it was highlighting to me how how I guess what we'd been taught we'd got wrong and you know the first thing for me was gone right like sugar had gone processed carbohydrates had gone and then and then I started looking at fat because, you know, everyone was paranoid about fat eight, nine years ago, thinking they're going to get a heart attack if they ate too much of it. And not that everyone, I'm not saying everyone should go on a ketogenic diet or anything like that. But as I'm sure you'd agree, as eat, having quality fats during your day um, has many health benefits, you know, from 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 the brain to to even your ADEC vitamins and all the rest of it, you know, that's going on. But, you know, so so and it was and it was hard because I'm I'm there having one-on-one with clients and I'm trying to get this information across and and there's almost like this well guy's a good guy you know he's clearly seems to know what he's doing but at the same time he's telling me something that nobody else is actually saying you know and it was it, it was hard to get across at first and I was very frustrated and at the same time what was happening in the with the charity so that I kind of went up and down there over a period of six to nine months and learning more and, and absorbing what they were discovering because I was seeing firsthand the effects, just like you said. So I didn't need to see a scientific paper. I didn't need to see <laughs> different things. I kind of almost knew where to start digging and looking because I was seeing it with my own two eyes. And that's the way I kind of work. I'm a very feeling person and feel my way in and I need to sort of be there to to absorb the information or whatever mm-hmm. and w- one of the one of the things was as well because they had them weight training and they were trying to actually increase their muscle mass so then it would st- help stabilize their blood sugars you know so they could ab- actually absorb more you know and store glycogen so it wasn't affecting them so much um with a host of other benefits mentally mental strength as well was huge you know having this purpose yeah, Guy, I'd love to actually dive into that because you, you obviously been dealing with, you know, um, people in, in that charity, but also people like, you know, you you have a lot of athletes endorsing your products and you, you met a lot of, um, you know, just everyday Joe, right, to, to be able to just help them along. But what's the common theme? Because often people sort of say that a lot of people now kind of know that what they should be doing from a nutrition point of view, they kind of know that they need to exercise. But what stops them usually is that they don't continue. And but these guys, you know, the athletes, you know, the people that you have dealt with, has there there must be something in them uh, from a mental perspective that keeps them going. Like what's what's the common theme that you have you noticed um, that helps them drive on a consistent basis to stick stick it through? Yeah, great question. I think after seeing all this, they need a big enough why. Uh, I think, and then on top of that, once they have that. I genuinely think a coach is crucial as well. Mm, someone that to, can keep them accountable and, and yeah, accountability is massive. So you look at all the top athletes; they'll have a coaches, yeah, pretty much, and they're they're accountable, man, and they turn up, and then it's normally driven by some underlying desire, whatever that might be, you know, and and 
you know, we'd often say with people with chronic disease, you know, your gold medal is your life. You know, you've got to treat this like you are an athlete. You have to turn up every single day and make everything you do count because, you know, the the, the losses are, are way greater yeah. than just coming last in the finish line. Well it's, you know? interesting. So, well, it's interesting you said a coach because oftentimes that, you know, we see athletes, right? Um, and they go after the gold medal or we, you know, they go after the CrossFit games or whatever it is. We see them like they're just so determined. But we also, we never see, what we never see unless they show it, which is hardly ever, the downside of when they don't want to do it, right? And yeah. uh, when they just want like, today is just the, you know, one of those days I don't want to train. And that's when a coach comes in to, to kind of guide them. Did you, did you see that? Oh, 100%. 100% all the time. And I, I, But I think, you know, habitually we can form bad habits and we can form good habits. And sometimes in the end, the habits become so ingrained, you don't even think about it. Your gym bag's packed. You're just turning up. The alarm's going off for 5 a.m. or whatever it might be. And it just becomes automatic. And you don't even question the... The, the stuff in between whether you should or you shouldn't even with the foods you grab and what you do it really just becomes ingrained with you but on the, the other side of the spectrum the biggest you know the drop-off rate in in the fitness arena like for people that you know just I might go to the gym three times a week or whatever they may be is is massive and the biggest mistake I would always see is that somebody would get pumped up and they go yep yeah, I'm committed and they'd come into the gym they'd go really hard for a day or two and then their body aches they're crawling out thinking this is hell week I'm not going to do it. And then they would just fall away very quickly as well. You know, so, so having that coach again, even from that aspect is, is crucial because a good coach will, will know how far to push you, how not far to push you, you know, get you prepped and ready for the exercises that you're about to do as well. So you shouldn't, it shouldn't be painful. I, I genuinely think exercise should be fun. And yes, there's needs to be a little bit of determination, but it shouldn't be like hell camp every day. Yeah, you know, There's so many aspects to health to and and exercise is just a small component of it lawrence yeah. pretty much whipped me the other day like not in a fun way either like it was, uh, <laughs> it was you know, no he didn't he just made me do cardio i don't really love that much but anyway it was good hey i'm going to change the uh the direction of this just a little bit guy because when we were i was driving back from the airport yesterday um all exhilarated had an amazing time um, in Perth, doing a doing a, a great seminar, but then came back and I was chatting with you, and I was just pumped listening to your story. And you, I, you told me some things that I didn't even know about, and uh, it was more about your about your own physical challenges, how you've been able to expand your consciousness, and how you've been able to expand your vision, and how you're now seeing things very very differently. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey of, uh, I suppose, self exploration to arrive at your determination now? Sure. Yeah. Well, once I guess. But belief is huge, right? I, for a start, if you if you if you kind of have a belief that you can achieve things or do things behind you, um, it, things come much easier in time. And then once I finally had belief, I kind of started exploring things. And uh, you know, having a podcast myself, um, it's really opened me up, as you can imagine, right, to some amazing people around the world. And at the same time, because, you know, for the first 30 years of my life, I was always quite um, fear driven and I didn't even realize that I was doing it, but I was not making decisions based on because I was actually fearful and I could have put it anywhere I like. But um, a long time ago, I heard about the fear pyramid. I don't know if you've ever heard of that term, but the, <laughs> the fear pyramid is like literally what's your biggest fear in life, which would be at the top of the pyramid and start all the way with a small one. It could be spiders or snakes or something, you know, and and actually you, you want to tick them off the list and so almost step into your own small fears and expand upon it. 
So I kind of started doing these things um, off my own bat because I found every time I stepped through a fear and it dissolved on the other side, I learned something really important about myself and that, you know, fear is actually, like they say, false evidence appearing real. And the more I did that, the more I could kind of back myself to do other things and it started to show up in all as- aspects of life. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things that I remember like a couple of years back, I um, probably about four or five years ago, I, I the one thing that I try to do was to challenge myself to do something really, really scary at least once a year. Um, right, yeah. You know, and, and, and I'd been kind of doing that. It's, it's amazing. You st- the thing is that most people think, oh, once you've done it, you know, say, you know, jump off a building or whatever, like you, you go, oh, that fear disappeared. No, it doesn't, the fear doesn't disappear. Like you just know that it's, you are more comfortable to doing the next thing, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, I see where you, where you're getting at that. How yeah. that's so important is to, to take challenges, uh, on constantly to, to, to kind of really push through those comfort zones, right? Uh, absolutely. And, and there was one I mentioned to Damien yesterday and, and I'll bring it up. It was, um, I'm, I went and did an ayahuasca ceremony. Now, ayahuasca is um, a ritual that's practiced in uh, the Amazon jungle. They've been doing it for thousands and thousands of years, and they call it the vine of the, the souls. And, um, and it's like the most powerful psychedelic in the world. And I kind of, it came on my radar, and I, for some reason I just felt I needed to do it. And I was terrified, like the thought of losing control. And it's done in a very beautiful ritual this is not like it's not pleasant you 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 vomit you have diarrhea like it it really is something that you have to think long and hard about and um it took me a year to make the decision but it was something that i was really fearful of but at the same time i felt that um it was something i could learn about myself and and i went and did it and you know that was the most terrified i'd ever been just before i stepped into doing that and and i'd stepped through on the other side and and again learned something about myself as well uh which was was which was quite quite phenomenal um but i haven't had the courage to do it again since (laughs) (laughs) it's a pretty challenging thing i don't know if i could ever do something like that um i certainly wouldn't be uh, prescribing that for my patients but (laughs) but, uh, you know it's it's good that you've experienced it because i'm quite happy to live vicariously through that uh through that experience with you but um off the back of that you've looked at doing other things that kind of challenge you like um you know ice ice baths and cold therapy and and all of those sorts of things which kind of gives testament to the strength of your character and your ability to um to push on and move and then see potentially um greater opportunities and greater abundance um in your life and um i'd love to i suppose understand how uh, people can access that you know is it is is this something that people just have to go and try do they just have to go and jump into an ice bath and all of a sudden they get clarity um (laughs) how does it all work look it's it's a process it's a journey it's like everything it's like meditation it's like exercise you know you start small feel your way in start to internalize it so you can feel the direct benefits of something going on and then that can change your perception of how you think about these things right and and ice baths are the same because we interviewed a gentleman called Wim Hof the Iceman on a podcast at the end of last year and you know his message to the world is I think phenomenal he's a crazy cat but it's phenomenal and he's like he holds 26 world records he's 
uh, climbed Mount Everest in his shorts only. You know, he holds the ice bath endurance of two hours in sitting out ice. It's, it's just amazing feats. But what he's doing, he's drawing attention on himself because he believes that using uh, certain types of breath work and then actually controlled environment cold exposure, and you start off really small, like cold shower for 30 seconds. You know, I'm in the ice baths now twice a week for up to 20 minutes, but it's taken me a long time to get there. Right? You just got to live in Melbourne a couple of times. And yeah, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in Melbourne. Melbourne, August, doing this, <laughs> you know. So we're going to be getting in water oh, that's going to be zero degrees, apparently, which is going to be interesting. But again, it's teaching me something about myself because I'm looking at it, and there's a lot uh, around the immune system, right? So this is actually strengthening the immune system. So what? There's a lot of studies showing now that if you give yourself your body a cold shock, it's literally like pushing weights. Your body then comes out and overcompensates afterwards, and it overcompensates. So it's what that's doing is is forcing the immune system to be stronger you know and what i was learning from uh, we had like philip day on the podcast who's a journalist that's been researching cancer for over 20 years he's an amazing guy yeah so we had an hour with him a few weeks ago on the podcast and he was saying that um you know 100% 100% of cancer patients have a compromised immune system, you know, and that falls into chronic disease as well. So it, it's it's it just the whole thing fascinates me. And I love the exploration and I love putting it out in the blog. I'm even putting it on Snapchat now. I've sort of jumped on there. <laughs> and and it's curious because my, my, my dream is to actually put a book together um, and sort of bring these other elements in that maybe you could sort of fall under the woo-woo. But I genuinely think... You know, the scientists looking at a lot of stuff now in terms of breath work, meditation, cold therapy, you know, the, these things, um, yeah, are just fascinating. And it teaches me to be present. When you get in that ice bath, guys, right, you've got two options. You can scream and get out <laughs> and go, oh, my God, this is just ridiculous. Or you focus and you come and you all of a sudden you become present. You focus on your breath and then everything else falls away. You know, your mind, it all quietens down because that's the only way you can stay in there. Yeah. And every time I do it, it again, it teaches us something about my spouse, especially when I don't want to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I've tried the cold shower things in the morning and it's, yeah, it's, so, it's, it's, it's nothing real, fun about it. It's it's not, not, <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm landing in Melbourne every single morning. Hey, guy, listen, I know you, <laughs> you're, you're co-founder of 180 Nutrition. I'm going to shift gears a little bit because I really, I really want to um, ask you these questions some, because I'm, I'm sure some of the listeners would be interested in. So uh, 180 Nutrition is, you know, you got some protein supplements that you created. Um, yes. I've always been fascinated about this because, you know, there's always been uh, you know, when the protein supplements kind of came on the market, it's like, oh, this is the best thing, right? And then for a while, it was just like this, you know, everybody needs to be on it. And then all of a sudden, these other companies jumped on the bandwagon and start creating all these products. And then you start to go, well, is it actually a good thing? Or is it a bad thing? And so if we don't mind just shifting gears here, because I think, you know, you're the expert in this. So tell us, like, how is protein supplements actually made? Like, you know, because there's the arguments of like, we should have natural food. And then now, like, why do we why would we actually want to supplement? So let's let's start with that first. Great question. Great question. Okay, so which way can I tackle this? All right, let, let let me talk about why 180 was kind of evolved and how it came to be. Because I think I think yes, we can just eat real food, you know, for sure. And 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 then if you're if you're punishing the body more or you're you're kind of nutritionally deprived, then supplementations are great things to help prop that back up to get you back to a healthy homeostasis. So they're great tools, you know, but then it can be misinterpreted. Same with protein. Now if you if you if you're physically active, 
you do require more protein. But then there's many schools of thought of, you know, body weight ratio, um, muscle mass composition, all these kind of things, I guess, you know, quite technical. But for what, what was happening was we were training uh, people with chronic disease, weight training. And I think personally, my biased belief, I think everybody should be doing some form of resistance training a couple of times a week to help retain their muscle mass at least, you know, because there's huge benefits from that. So when they were, when the chronic people were going in, when you look at the, 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 the overall diet they were eating, it was, wasn't great. And, and the moment you start asking them to remove foods, they, they, they turn around and go, what do I eat? What do I do, right? So, so the way we formulated the 180 protein was that we actually formulated it. So we wanted food. We wanted somebody that was pregnant that could eat it, a child that could eat it, to an elite athlete that could eat it. It was like across the board. It wasn't like this female weight loss shake or this male muscle building stuff. Personally, I, you know, I don't really fall for that. Um, so what what the idea was, and there were people designing this product beyond me, so this wasn't just my idea for a start, um, was to, to combine all these natural ingredients that would give you the vitamins, vitamins, and minerals, but also increase the protein value as well to help compensate, because most people would generally eat in a high carbohydrate, low fat, low protein diet. You know, you look at a bowl of breakfast cereal in the morning, and you know, you I th- personally, I think you're better off except eating the carbs. Except for forage. Right. Yeah, except Forage, exactly. You know, you could, you could eat the cardboard box or something, you know, That's and right. do better with, with, you know, the bloody cocoa pops or whatever. And so, so, so this was designed in a way to, to actually give you a host of benefits plus increase the protein at the same time. And then what was happening, I st- when I started coming back, learning about microbiome and gut health and things like that and inflammation, you know, when you when you exercise, you inflame the body as well. So one of the one of the biggest things I actually learned is is that actually what you remove from your diet is just as beneficial of what you add in, <laughs> right? It's a, it's a you know a double thing. And when I was started bringing in the athletes who were all drinking their protein shakes and things that were heavily marketed, they they, they said all the right words, they had all the big muscles on the front of the tubs, they. You know, I looked at the ingredients and not every, not all of them, but majority of them were things I didn't want to put in my body because I was, I was conscious that it was going to affect my own internal gut health, which then could lead on to other problems and inflammation and affect the immune system and so forth. So I started getting these athletes to go, look, can you just replace this and actually eat real food? But you've also got protein in there that's going to assist you repair from your exercise routine. And what was happening instantly, because they were removing something that could be actually hindering with inflammation and then putting real food in, it's high in fiber as well. So their digestive tract started working a bit better, a bit better helping remove daily toxins as well. They were, they were noticing considerable results coming from both ends. So what, why 180 has grown so well is, A, we, we've, I think we've put it, we deliver great content every week and we truly help people understand why they're making the decisions they are to move forward. But B, it, it really solves a problem where if you do one scoop of 180 in a smoothie, you know, you can just put a bit of avocado in, I always encourage, maybe a little bit of uh, berries or fruit. And then all of a sudden you've got like a complete meal because you've got your protein in there, you've got your fiber, you've got all your fats, vitamins and minerals, and it's all coming from natural sources. And instantly by doing that and removing something else, you're creating a winning situation. And what happens is that people were getting results constantly. And as 180, we were the first to actually bring this kind of natural movement in from this angle 
because I looked at the fitness industry at the time and I thought, wow, this is actually unhealthy because obviously health and fitness are two very different things. Hundred percent, really quickly because we've almost got to wrap up this. Um, I'd love to know just in a few words why one eighty nutrition is way better protein than any other protein. Great question. I would say just in a few words is that we source all our ingredients to the highest quality value that we do, and you, you're not only getting protein, you're getting a host of all other things that the body requires, including the fiber, the fats, the vitamins and minerals. So it's a complete source, and it's not a protein powder. We like to say it's more of a superfood that's got protein in it. So it's real food. Very nice. Very nice. Look, I, I use it. I sell it in my practice. Uh, I'm a big fan of it, as you know, Guy. And, uh, and it, you know, I've, before I was allowed to sell it in my practice, so I used to send people to your website. So it's great to be able to sell it in my practice too. So uh, I, do, I do really like it. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, if people want to get more information about you, Guy, about um, your product 180 Nutrition, um, go to 180, as in the numbers 180, yes. nutrition.com.au. And then sign up for the newsletter there. There's so much information. I mean, you know, these guys are featured everywhere. They're in the media. They're they're everywhere. But there's some great content there. Of course, um, you know, you'd be updated with what's going on with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, check out his podcast as well. And uh, make sure you go to you know 180 nutrition uh, 180 because that's where you can find a whole bunch of information. So, Kyle Lawrence, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, guys, make sure you like us on Facebook. Go to the website and uh, make sure you share this podcast with your friends and families and other strangers you think need a wellness update. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, please give us a, a great rating and leave a comment there on iTunes as well. So until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example. Let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.